Welcome, everyone, to the newest episode of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom, bringing you the newest installment of Puck Tales. And the one on the other side of the you-know-who of the woo-hoo is Rob Brown of ESPN Upstate. How is it going, my friend? When you told me that we were going with Puck Tales... In my head, I said the woo-woo uh, <laughs> as a kid of the golden era of the Saturday morning cartoon. And so when you told me I got to do it, you made my day. Thank you very much. I don't even care what we talk about now. I am a happy kid. Well, I hey, anytime I could make somebody's day. Yeah, the, the name, it, it harkens back to that uh, nostalgia we all grew up with. So, yes, and I wanted to start this uh, podcast with the uh, Puck Tales, just a little spoof intro, but Disney's not great with their rights, so <laughs> just kind of not big fans. Not big fans. I have had enough YouTube videos removed at this point for like referencing them that I completely understand. Yeah, so it's it's there in spirit. Everybody just sing it in your head. But um, Rob Rob Brown, he's on ESPN Radio on ESPN Upstate, um, covering. I know you guys can't see this yet. This is going to be an audio podcast, but he's wearing a Pensacola Ice Flyers sweater. And I am wearing the Birmingham Bulls uh, t-shirt and hat. This is, un- we did not plan this, but this is just how it happens. But <laughs> these are two opponents in the SPHL, the Southern Professional Hockey League. And um, it is the local team that I, uh, that I uh, love very dearly. And um, this SPHL, when it comes to coverage, um, I was telling Rob before we uh, went live, um, everybody kind of assumes that it's a it's a rodeo with a hockey game in the middle of it and we're we're just kind of we're here to actually give you an inside look on the sphl the two teams and hockey in the south as a whole so rob tell me how as a pensacola guy as uh you got uh, up where you are you have the swamp rabbits tell me about your experience with hockey in the south and how you became a hockey fan in the first place so I, like a lot of people in the South, I, I, I didn't grow up with hockey, right? Like the only ice in Florida, uh, in the Florida Panhandle, the only ice is in a margarita. That's That, that was just <laughs> it. Uh, so anyway, when I was uh, in, in my uh, younger, more formidable years, uh, the Pensacola Ice Flyers used to be the ice pilots way back in the day. And I, I, don't, I don't remember who it was that took me to my first game, but when I was in my late childhood very early teenage years and they were the ice pilots uh somebody one of my school friends i'm sure his parents took me uh to a game and i really didn't know much about hockey but but i've been a sports guy my whole life i will go watch any live sport it doesn't matter what it is if it's a live sport i'm gonna go watch it i just i love the premise of competition so they brought me to a game and and I've heard this story from I can't tell you how many people in my life that I have brought to their first hockey game. It's always anytime somebody says I've never been to a hockey game, I get excited because seeing someone develop 
that fascination with this sport, which, which I think is a sport that sells itself live. And I love hockey on TV, but it sells its sport better. Less like baseball, baseball and hockey are in that regard, both in that regard for me, it sells itself live. So uh, somebody's parents took me to, to watch an ice uh, pilots game years ago when I was a kid and I didn't understand the game. I didn't understand the breaks, what was happening or why I just knew that when the Flyers were playing and it's fast paced and it's intense and it's physical and it is relentless, that it was great. And uh, so then it just became of, I'd go to a game whenever I could, man. Now at the time I lived in a, in a little town called Fort Walton beach, Florida, which is about 50 minutes away from Pensacola. So it wasn't like living next door. I mean, to go to a game was you had to plan it out. You were, that was, that's what you did that night. And it became something that I'd start talking my, my dad into taking me and then the family would go. And then as it grew, the ice flyers kind of went from being Pensacola's team to really being the panhandles team. Uh, even in high school, my late high school years, once we got the license, uh, I remember there being, you know, Wednesday nights where you would go to mom or dad and say, Hey, I want to take the car to Pensacola and, and it's for a game. And I'll call you when I'm leaving and I'll call you when I get there and I'll call you when I'm leaving there and call you when I, you know, let you know when I get back. But that was something we just wanted to do. And like anything else, the more you experience, the more you learn. So eventually somebody would explain what an icing is, what a slashing is, what a high sticking is, uh, what a boarding is, why it's two minutes sometime, but, oh, this guy got five minutes. What's the deal with it? They started to explain all of this. And once you start getting the technicalities inside of an already pre-built love for the game and, and just the action on the ice, uh, it tends to pick up. And so – I just, it just became, a, it just became something to do. And on top of that, I think, and this is also similar to baseball, hockey has, when you go to a game, there are fans who go to a game and then there are fans who live for hockey. Pensacola and Greenville have this in common. There is a cult group of fans for, for the local professional teams. And once you start to start interacting with those fans, their passion for that game kind of bleeds off onto you. And it goes from being, kind of a fun little social outing to it's still a fun social outing, but also I love this team and I bought the Jersey and the hat. And uh, you, all of a sudden you're participating in auctions for game worn jerseys for guys that, you know, they're 38 and their career is coming to a close, but who cares? I, I love them here yeah. in school or here in Greenville, whatever. And it just kind of grew until, uh, so I got into sports radio when I was, uh, I don't know, 13, 14 years ago and that was my first chance to really work with the team. Uh, you know, I was I, one of the first couple of days I was there in Pensacola. I was actually broadcasting out of Destin, Florida, but we had a pop-up station in Pensacola. And I'm caught, hey, can I give away tickets? Will you give me your head coach? Can I get a player on the air? Whatever the case might be. And, you know, that, that passion kind of carried on. So when I moved here to Greenville, the first call I made to two teams, I made the first call to when I got here to Greenville, the Greenville Triumph, which are the local soccer team, and the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, who were the local hockey team, and said, look, I don't care if you want me to or not. Your team's going to be a big focus on my show. I hope that you guys will participate. And one thing that I do love is most of these teams understand that the only way to sustain themselves are to become stalwarts in the community. They need to be a community, not member, but participant. And you see that outreach and that effort. Uh, we're in the Kelly Cup playoffs in the ECHL for the, for the Swamp Rabbits up here. And every away game in these playoffs, they're throwing tailgate parties and they're giving stuff away and they're buying food and drinks for people to get them to come. Because if I can get you to come and just happen to hang out at a bar and enjoy the hockey game, 
that that's all I need to set that hook and get yeah. you ready to roll. Yeah. So the, those two things, both just hockey itself and the love drive desire to become a community participant out of the two teams that I've worked around. I was in Jacksonville for a year and the Icemen, not as to me, not as much, but they're also in a city of a million people. So it's a little easier for them to fill up the building, but for the small town hockey professional teams, they put a lot of effort into being a community participant. And that is something that I've tried to do my whole career and appreciate. So that's kind of sucked me in as well. Yeah, absolutely. We had the, uh, we had the exact same down in Birmingham. We have the, uh, but the section 108, we refer to as uh, section 108 and we're the Birmingham Bulls. Everybody's got cowbells. It's the rowdy section. Before you get in your seat, you want to make sure you high five everybody in that section. And it's kind of like, a family that's your crazy family they sit over there they go crazy you check in with everybody you sit down you enjoy the game together i totally understand that the outreach is huge and i mean it's it's down sphl echl all the way up to uh nhl you still see that community participation no matter what market you're a part of that's a huge vital part of the game and i completely agree with that and man um and how long was it before um, the Swamp Rabbits, were they the Greenville Growl? They were the Growl, I want to say up until just a handful of years ago. That was before my, I've only been in Greenville since last March. I moved here seven days before the coronavirus lockdown started. Ooh. So yeah, my first year here was pretty much me sitting on the couch in the apartment or hanging out in the mountains. And that was really it. Uh, but, you know, they it's kind of cool if you go there, uh, they still have, growl logos up and all the all the banners the growl one they still hang in fact uh at the last playoff game when they did the jersey raffle every now and then they will like once every month or so they'll actually pull out one of the old growl jerseys to auction off and and instead swamp rabbit's jersey and it's like every time they do that the auction doubles in the amount of people who are in because you just can't find those anymore they don't they don't make them yeah uh so an old school authentic growl jersey but, you know, it's it's kind of interesting because you look at, again, those kind of that base of kind of cult followers that that have followed them from being the growl to being the Swamp Rabbits. They've turned over the ownership, I want to say, twice since becoming the Swamp Rabbits. Uh, now we're owned by uh, Spire Sports, who also have a couple of NASCAR teams. Corey LaJoy drives for one of them. Uh, so they've got for the first time, which owns like two other teams, I think, across the country. Um, but they 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 really have an effort on growing themselves within the community and you can you can see that and you can feel it i mean i've i've you know we've got uh what three hours north of me the obviously the carolina hurricanes who had a disappointing exit from the stanley cup playoffs at the hands of tampa and then three hours to the west of me the nashville predators uh those are my two favorite nhl teams and and both of them for the same reason when i went to nashville i didn't have an nhl team all right my babysitter when i was growing up was a predator a red wings fan and so when I was growing up and my babysitter was sitting in, if the wings were playing, I got to stay up late. And because my babysitter was awesome, Miss Angela was great. I was a Red Wings fan. Well, after, you know, years, I kind of grew out of that. I went to Nashville with a, with an old girlfriend for a wedding once. And uh, a buddy of mine that I went to high school with was the marketing director for the Preds. So when I got there, he brought me to the game, put me up in the owner's box. Uh, but But what blew me away was that, Nashville and Carolina has done the same thing in Raleigh. And I think they're probably in this aspect, the two most unique teams. And this is just an extension of what we were saying. 
instead of saying we're going to bring hockey culture to the South, they said, we're going to embrace Southern culture and we're going to play hockey in the middle of it. So when you go to Nashville, it's music everywhere. Every corner of the stadium has a different band or act playing. They're not asking you to do hockey stuff in the stadium. They're shotgunning beers through a catfish when there's a hat trick as opposed or, or you know, instead of throwing octopus, they throw catfish. Uh, Carolina has kind of embraced. I, I laughed a couple of years ago when uh, when uh, Don Cherry got fired for calling him a bunch of jerks, right? You go to Carolina and their official shirt last year had the Hurricanes logo and instead of Hurricanes, it said a bunch of jerks underneath it. They embrace it. They lean into it. And that to me as a college football and NFL first Southerner, that was my hook into hockey. And, and Pensacola did a great job of becoming not a hockey team in Pensacola, but Pensacola's hockey team. I know Birmingham's done the same thing, which has made that rivalry in the SPHL so great because those two teams are damn proud of the cities they play in. So it's more than just a hockey game. It's, yo, Pensacola's straight up better than Birmingham, and this is just one more reason why. When a team embraces that, it will never not pay off, I believe that. Absolutely, a 1,000%. And I was going to mention that with uh, the Hurricanes and the Preds, the Catfish in Nashville – and the storm surge that it's really started taking off and started really trending in this, the social media atmosphere that everybody's kind of, even if you're not a fan of the canes, like even in Canada, you're kind of sticking around for the end just to see what they pull off of that storm surge. And it's really uh, getting rid of that, that stigma when the predators first started and that rumor went out that they were passing a uh, hockey one Oh one books at a uh, opening game. It's, taking that um, stigma that oh everyone in the south they don't know anything about hockey that's why the thrashers couldn't survive in atlanta and then taking on it's flipping it and then making it its own and just its involvement in the community absolutely you are nailing everything about hockey in the south and getting rid of those those stigmas that i mean just because we're in the south doesn't mean we can't appreciate and love hockey sure it's it's the whole premise of it is cool that that's the way you want to do things in New York or Chicago or Quebec. That's cool if that's the way, but we don't have to do it your way, right? I've made the same argument for years. I'm a big soccer fan too, right? And for years, I've made the argument to soccer fans, and a lot of them don't like this out of me, but I've made the argument that if we ever want American soccer at an international level to be a great organization, it's going to be great when we end the stigma of soccer's for girls and football for boys and we let our best soccer players be soccer, which we're, we're starting to see happening with the Kristen Pulisic's and the Weston McKinney's of the world. But it's really going to do it is when we stop trying to make everything American soccer our carbon copy of European soccer or South American soccer, right? I cringe a little bit when there's a new team. And, and look, we just got a, an MLS team in Charlotte right up the road for me and they went Charlotte FC. And I cringe a little bit when I hear a new American team called FC or City or Real. And I'm like, guys, look, we do things by going team name, mascot. That's the way we do it. It's okay. We could have been the Charlotte Cougars. We could have been the Charlotte Canes, whatever, and made it American. I cringe when I hear an American say the word kit. Nothing else is a kit in America. We wear uniforms and we wear jerseys. I cringe when I hear a soccer fan call it a boot. It's not a boot. A boot's what I put on to ride my motorcycle or go to my work. We call them cleats. We wear soccer cleats. We always have worn soccer cleats, right? And when you 
create this this carbon copy. We're going to do it the way all the good teams do it. it. It comes across almost as an elitist, so to speak. And I think that's one of the reasons that the Predators, that's one of the reasons the Canes, I mean, Tampa Tampa kind of bought into the traditionalist hockey culture to some degree, and they've had success, but Tampa is also down in Florida where people from all over the all over the world retire to Florida. So they've got a really mixed demographic. You don't have that mixed demographic in Raleigh, North Carolina, or Nashville, Tennessee. So when I look at what those teams did and they said, we're not going to do it the way they do it in Canada or New York or Chicago or Los Angeles. We're going to do it the way we do things in Nashville. And it doesn't mean we don't know hockey. And it doesn't mean that we don't understand hockey. And it doesn't mean that we don't get the game. It's just that we're going to take all the things that we know about hockey. And then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to cook our own little recipe up with those things. And if it's Carolina embracing, and I love that they have Ric Flair coming to games. Yeah. If it's Carolina embracing that full heel wrestling persona with a bunch of jer- jerks t-shirt and, you know, every acknowledgement after the game doing Thor's hammer or whatever, that's, it's, that is Raleigh, North Carolina. And we don't give a damn what you do in Quebec. And when Nashville has the entire offensive line from the Tennessee Titans shotgunning beers through catfish. That's what we do at a tailgate in Nashville. And I don't care if it's culturally below you in Toronto, because that's what the hell we do. And when you get the culture of the city and the state and the region involved, now I got something to root for, right? If I grew up calling soccer boots cleats, then they're cleats. But if I hear a guy go, well, strap on your boots. Ah, it's not my style, man. That's not me. Uh, which is, you know, we, we have the, uh, the Greenville Triumph here who are the uh, last year's champion from USL League One, which is uh, two levels below MLS Pro League. But what Greenville did, and they've done a fantastic job, they've only been around two years, went to the finals their first year, won it the second year. And part of the reason they've grown this incredible success around here is they embrace Greenville culture. They, they have Greenville musicians come out. They have people from it. They let the people of Greenville decide what things are going to be like and do and how the stadium's going to work and all that. And when they bought in, oh, my God, when you can look at this brand new team in the USL League won two years, they're in a championship the first year. They win it the second year. That's a formula that works. And Nashville and Carolina have embraced it. Pensacola, Birmingham have embraced it. The Greenville Swamp Rabbits have embraced it. And it is a formula that I hope any entity trying to promote hockey in the uh, hockey in the South, excuse me, will recognize is a formula of success and follow it because it is. Yeah, and it was. It took a while. Like Tampa eventually came around to having the uh, lightning uh, machine in the top of the arena, and Florida tried to the, the Florida Panthers. Uh, they started with the uh, the rat tricks went on their on their one quest for the cup. They all tried their originality, and I think. That had a lot to do with the Thrashers' downfall in Atlanta. Is they tried to be something they weren't, and the fans realized it, and it's why they never were able to sell out those games. And it's why Nashville and Raleigh—they're always sold out because they're embracing that community and they're they're being exactly who they are instead of not trying to imitate other other teams yeah and you you can't to to be clear with that sorry to interrupt Kyle but like to be clear with that you can't half-ass that right you can't fake it and and it's like it's like in any social situation in life if you walk into a bar pretending to be a local 
Anybody yeah. who is a local is going to call you out in five minutes. No, you're not because you don't know our customs and our favorite restaurants and hangouts and our bet you you get called out. So, but but if you go in and you go, hey guys, I am not from here. I don't know anything you do. That's what happened to me in Greenville. I've never been here before I moved here, right? I came up here for an audition for two days and that was literally my entire experience with Greenville. So when I moved here and I got on the radio, the first couple of days were kind of awkward because I am an outsider. I've never even been to this city before, but I bought in, I bought in. I'm telling people, call my show. Tell me where the best burgers are, the best wings are, the best bar. Who's the best band? Uh, where do I need to go? What do I need to see? Uh, the first three days I was here, I bought a Triumph jersey, a Swamp Rabbit jersey, and a Drive jersey so that when I went around, I could wear the stuff. And I talked to the people uh, who are who are from here, and I've bought in. And now here I am a year and six months later, and I'm emceeing the Greenville Triumph Championship uh, ceremony. I am uh gonna gonna potentially be involved more with the swamp rabbits as a pa announcer next year because i fully bought in whereas if i would have shown up and gone let me tell you how we did things back down in pensacola hockey yeah let me tell you how i how i like orlando city's soccer setup triumph and no we don't want that we don't want you to take over we want you to be anybody most people when you try to be a part of what they built will open the doors and let you in if you come in and try to tell them what they need to do instead of what they like to do, they're going to shut the doors on you. Uh, and that's it. Like with Atlanta, if you, I was at the Hawks game, the Hawks Sixers game four in Atlanta on Monday. And when you go in, Migos are on the sideline and they're playing Luda and Outcasts over the speakers. It's You're not hearing the hip hop music being played in Portland. You're hearing ATL music. You're getting the stuff from Atlanta. And the announcer is saying all the Atlanta, it's all Atlanta. They buy into the city. I only got to go to one Thrasher's game, but it wasn't like that. It was a hockey atmosphere, which there are a handful of cities, New Orleans, Atlanta, New York. They have their culture and they got no interest in Nashville. They got no interest in, in bringing outside. They will ingratiate you and let you be a part of their culture. But this is what they do. I'm a New Orleans kid at heart. Uh, if I go to a Saints game, I expect to hear the second line and I expect to hear Louis Armstrong and, and Irma Thomas. And I expect the food to be better than anywhere else in the country. When I go to the concession stand, because that's what we do. Uh, and I think, I think a lot of, I think hockey has thrived so long in its own little, I don't want to say elitist, but kind of we do and golf's got the same problem. This We're all up here and everybody else is an outsider. Whereas the handful of teams that have gone, no, 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 we, we're not going to put ourselves in the community. We're going to put the community in ourselves. They thrive. They yeah. thrive. And they stand yeah. out and it works. Nashville, Carolina, Pensacola, Montgomery, Greenville. I have uh, empirical evidence and a list of it that that formula works for hockey. And ironically enough for everyone that's listening that call herself a Colorado Avalanche fan, head coach of the Colorado Avalanche, Jared Bednar, calls his home in the offseason in Greenville, South Carolina. Because he used to play, really? for, yes, he played for the uh, South Carolina Stingrays, yeah. um, and, and his playing career. And he's from Saskatchewan, but um, in the off season, he has a home in Greenville. Did not know that. That's awesome. Yeah, South Carolina Stingrays over in uh, over in Charleston, and we're going through. Hey, let me. Can I ask you? Can I interview you on your podcast for a second? Sure, bring it on. So, so uh, round one of the ECHL Kelly Cup playoffs, we get the Indy Fuel. Mm -hmm. Best of five, Greenville, 
goes on the road in game one, three straight games at home back in Indy, if required, game five. Now, they closed them out in four, so we didn't have to go back. So we get matched up with the South Carolina Stingrays in round two. Now, the, uh, the Box Court Wellness Center, which is our arena here in Greenville, uh, is unavailable next week, Tuesday and Wednesday, which is when game five would have had to been played. So instead of doing a 1-3-1 like they did in the last round because the Stingrays said, hey, we, we don't want to do only one in five in our stadium because that means we probably don't get uh, a game five at home. We don't want to do that. The ECHL agreed. So listen to what they set up here. Game one is in Charleston. Uh, game two and three are in Greenville. Games three, four, and five are all in Charleston. They're the lower seed. But to make up for it, if it goes to game five, the game will be in Charleston, but the Swamp Rabbits are the home team. That's garbage, right? That right? That's bad. That's that, – yeah, that and – and see, I would like to balk at this, but this precedent where they can get away with this, this was set up a lot um, – Early in the uh, run of the Stanley Cup, um, back in the 1920s, um, Montreal and New York would usually end up meeting each other. And if the Stanley Cup, if it played out long enough, if the Stanley Cup was played in New York, they would always run up against Barnum and Bailey's Circus. And they would oftentimes play the Rangers at home in Montreal. So that's where that precedent is set where crazy little scheduling things can be done and say, well, it's always been done this way. Uh, That would, that would definitely like um, chap me, but I know the next line out of their mouth would be, well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's just, that's honestly um, ECHL, SPHL. They love to, throw out these little goofy rule adjustments. We did a couple of these in the SPHL during the COVID season where two or three players would go out with a um, go under COVID protocol. And instead of canceling the game, they'd allow the game to go on three on three or four. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. They would justify it by bringing up an older game. Well, this was, they've played it before this way and they would, so it's I'll let you know that's a rule of thumb they will they will pull up uh, games that have been played in the early 1900s to justify these moves I I did see that and it's head scratching but it's one of those what are they gonna do yeah and I kind of understand I just yeah I'm it's one of those you kind of you gotta take care of business <laughs> and yeah oh that's it doesn't it just doesn't make sense, but the Wild West of the early days of hockey have bled into <laughs> ridiculous justifications of hockey to come. But yeah. okay, anyway, I didn't mean to train wreck this entire segment. I just I had to get that off my chest. No, it trust me. And um, right now, the big conversation is uh, the lack of justification with the rules being uh, like the illegal hits that are being called in the NHL right now. So right now you can't really <laughs> whatever is called in hockey right now it's just you got to roll with it yeah there's, there's no wrong. accountability and before i would like to go since you do work espn upstate um the nhl which we just referenced they are putting their deal behind them with their 
their current TV package, and they are going to the split ESPN and TNT deal. Um, coming from ESPN um, and a hockey fan as well, um, how do you see this going forward for the game of hockey? I know hockey fans have been vocal. Um, me, for the nostalgia purposes, hearing that that beautiful theme music one more time would be incredible. Um, and the hockey of what I used to remember on like ESPN two and the black and blue graphics and just that coverage. And then we have other hockey fans that are scared on if it's just doesn't pan out, if it gets left behind. Um, how do you see hockey being a hockey fan also with ESPN? How do you see that going? Well, I think it really comes down to how confident ESPN is and how aggressively they go after this. If they, if they purchase the rights to make the NHL a filler topic, then it's, it's going to be stagnant. Right. But the, I always start when I get at, cause I've been asked this question on a few different stations around the country. And I always start by saying the same thing. If I think back to the last couple of years of NBC, what growth have we seen? Really? What, what great NBC put out a product that has been fine. It's been a good hockey product, but it's just been the product. It just is what it is. And, you know, when I, when I look into even the promotions, NBC promoted hockey within hockey to its NBC audience. There was no growth there. They promoted hockey to people that were already going to be watching hockey, which is uh, you ask any public relations or marketing person. uh, I mean, the highest definition of preaching to the choir. If you were already watching the Eastern conference playoffs, you're probably going to be watching the Western Conference playoffs, so it's not really doing anything to market to you. ESPN has more production resources than any other sports broadcasting company because they've got Disney and ABC behind it as well. And so before anything else, ESPN is open. I'm not saying they will. I'm saying they better to put it, that product on Sports Center with more regularity, right? One of the big things I've heard is, well, Hockey's not growing because I tune into ESPN and I never see hockey. Right. That's because it was on an NBC channel. It was an NBC product. They weren't going to hype the crap out of hockey to send you to NBC to watch it. They're going to stick with baseball where they got rights or the NFL where they got Monday night football. Well, now they got hockey. So now by pimping hockey, they're bringing you back to the ESPN product, which is the end of the day there. Now, Here's the one thing, and I've had conversations with people in the Pensacola organization, with people in the Greenville organization, uh, with hockey fans around the country. One of the hardest things to do when you are a fan of a team or a sport or an organization or whatever, when you are a passionate fan of something, we as human beings have this tendency to go, well, if I'm a huge fan, then obviously everyone else should be too. And not understanding why people aren't fans. They're just not fans. When I say, hey, you should be a fan of the Greenville Swamp Rabbits, they don't just go, great, where do I buy a jersey, right? They have to be convinced. They have to be talked into it. Let me show you why, which is why I've said for years, if I want somebody to become an NASCAR fan, a soccer fan, a hockey fan, golf fan, I know that easily the best way I can do that is to say, I'll tell you what, you come to a Swamp Rabbits game with me, I'll buy your ticket and I'll buy you a couple of beers if you go, right? Because here's the thing, now they're going. Even if they don't even really want to like hockey, they're in the door, they got some free stuff out of the deal, now I can hook them on the game, right? I need ESPN to take the same approach. Don't just start throwing games on ESPN and then go, huh, 
Nobody's watching. Guess we'll throw them back on the back burner again. The way to win over fans, whether you are a single team or a league, is not two million at a time by forcing hockey down their throat. It's a few hundred at a time by having people explain the game and catch them up on the game and not, it is hard to get into a new sport that's so intricate and learn it when there's so much else in the world to pay attention to. So you got, it's how do you need, how do you eat an elephant? A bite at a time, right? It's a huge bit of bite at a time. So if I am talking to the powers that be at ESPN, I am saying, guys, don't just go into next season by throwing NHL games up on ESPN and then looking at the ratings and going, wow, these suck. Let's never do it again. You need to be building now, right? I'd be covering Stanley Cup playoffs now, Stanley Cup uh, finals now. I'd be covering off-season stuff. I'd be working whoever is the next round of hockey experts into Sports Center. Give them something. Find the personalities, by the way. I need – Inside the NBA on TNT is the best studio show of all, period, no argument, right? I need a Kenny, Shaq, Ernie, and Chuck of hockey to give me something that is personality because you're not going to hook people who have never watched hockey with just hockey. You're going to hook them by people who make hockey fun and engaging and, and energetic and get them in. So my whole premise is if ESPN – doesn't just buy it because they're bought in as much money as they're giving to the NHL. They're in, but to get the fans in, it's not just going to be as simple as throw hockey up on the TV and let's see if it sticks. You need to be winning fans over a couple at a time, a couple at a time, a couple at a time and building, building, building. I've told Pensacola and in the year I worked for, I worked for the, uh, for the ice pilots for a year and a half. Uh, I become dear friends with the staff here for the swamp rabbits. And I've told them both at the end of the day, you don't get people to come to a Swamp Rabbits game by putting a commercial on the radio and going, hey, it's super fun. Come out and do it. You go out and you engage with them and you meet with them and you talk with them and you get them to kind of feel what you, what excites you about it to the point that they get curious to come to a game. Well, then the, 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 the hook's already set. Now you've just reeled them into a game and now you really get to pull them onto the boat. ESPN has to do the same thing, but instead of dealing with 64,000 people in Greenville, they're dealing with 200 million potential viewers around the country. How do you engage with them personally and emotionally to get them to bite that hook so that you can land them when you start playing regular season games next year? And if they do that, then they got a very good chance and hockey has a chance to actually grow, not just be good. It'll be watched by the people who watch it. But how do you grow it? The correct answer is you get people hooked up one at a time by being connected emotionally with them which is something hockey's not always great at right it's a it's a man's game it's rough it's physical it's all about the fight that's fine but no matter what you're talking about whether it's ufc and boxing or it's golf or it's the olympics you don't connect by going here are the athletes doing what they do you connect on a personal level with every person you want to listen to you and then you reel them into a love of that thing that you want to share with them if espn does that they'll be just fine yeah, that's man. Ah, that's I couldn't have said it any better myself. That's incredible. That's um, I hope the game will grow because I know um, I agree. NBC just kind of said, "Oh yeah, Wednesday night hockey. That's a thing. It's it's just like hockey night in Canada. It's it's there. So this is our night. We gather around the TV. But they would do nothing to cultivate that. They would just put it up there and say, "Well, this is our night for hockey," and do nothing to cultivate it. I completely agree with everything you said. Um, 
I'm definitely looking forward to this deal going forward and where the game of hockey can go. I mean, it's, it could any kind of growth. And I mean, that's basically the uh, genesis of this podcast is for hockey community and their growth and getting these stories out there. And I, I cannot be any more thankful for you coming on the show and hopefully calming some of the nerves of the hockey fans out there uh, saying the sky's falling. Everything's going to be just fine. Um, Here, here's 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 what i say about that and then i'll be done i'll shut up and i'll let you finish i promise here's my thought espn has put too much money in to not put hockey on tv it's going to be on tv yeah. it's not going anywhere nhl fans your sport will be will be broadcast as much as it is on nbc maybe it'll be on tnt more than we like but it will be broadcast but because me and grandpa used to watch hockey night in america and now me and my boy watch hockey night in america that's fine but i got the same amount of people viewing yeah. how do you grow yeah. You connect. And if ESP, if there's one company that has learned how to, this is my, in fact, my problem with the NBA, they're making it too much about the personalities of the players, right? Yeah. It's, it's all yeah. about LeBron and Steph and Kyrie and Harden. They've gone overboard in that. Well, that might not be a bad thing in hockey right now, because if I go out on the street and I ask 10 people in downtown Greenville to name me five NHL players, they might get two or three from the Canes, but they're not going to get much deeper. Yeah. They need that treatment from ESPN to hook people and then grow them into the sport. So if they, like I said, if they, you NHL fans don't have to worry, your sport's not going anywhere. ESPN has invested way too much to not at least get it back from us, the NHL fans. But if there's a company that will over-personalize it, which they need right now, it's ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to be easier to access as well. So, I mean, it's going to be so much easier to find ESPN and you have your Disney plus and you have, like it's going to be it's going to be right there it's easier to find than pulling up your guide and trying to find nbc sports network or cnbc or um oh i guess it's on the same channel that monday night raw is usually on if you're trying to watch your playoff games it's going to be a lot easier to find as well um so i'm i am in that camp that i am looking forward to uh the espn and tnt deal with uh nhl going forward and it's going to be exciting um rob Thank you again for coming on. Please throw out your socials where everybody can find you going forward. Yeah, man, absolutely happy to. Uh, it's uh, at the Rob Brown Show on everything. Twitter.com slash the Rob Brown Show. Facebook.com slash the Rob Brown Show. Instagram.com slash the Rob Brown Show. Uh, my station is ESPN Upstate, which you can find same Facebook.com slash ESPN Upstate or Twitter.com slash ESPN Upstate. Uh, and if you'd like to listen to my show, I'm on noon to three every afternoon, every week to afternoon, Eastern time, noon to three, uh, the Odyssey app, which is A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can stream it from there by searching ESPN Upstate or just go to ESPNUpstate.com. We put up all our podcasts up there so you can go back and, and listen to archive stuff or listen live there. Uh, but at the Rob Brown show on other social media, if you want to follow me, I do warn you, I tweet about anything and everything. And the later I get, the more bourbon I have, the more interesting it gets. So fair warning, <laughs> but it is a good time. Well, Rob, I appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you for talking SPHL, ECHL, and everything going forward with the game of hockey. It's been an absolute honor to have you on. And everyone who got to stop by here in Puckburg, enjoying the conversation, we make sure you follow the show on Twitter at HPuckburg. That's HPuckburg on Twitter here underscore n underscore puckberg on instagram and uh don't forget to send in your messages if you have a hockey story you want to defend your fandom or get your takes out there shoot us a message we can get you on here in puckberg and again oh, woo! <laughs>
sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't not do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> See you guys next time. <laughs>